You guys want to go into space? We fly around the galaxy. You want to do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We want to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be great. We want to do that. We're getting close, you know. Our physics is starting to show how we can probably do this, right? Wormholes, which is a very simplistic way of describing a possible option. I don't think that's what. But we, we, we went to. They said, "Well, you're not going to." We're not. I mean, you can't go to the galaxy. By God, it's our galaxy. We'll fly. No, it's not. It's not your galaxy. And you're not going to fly around in it until you get rid of the nukes. But look, these things all come into play. Because why? Because post-disclosure, what we're going to learn is what the government knows, which is X. Post-open contact, we're going to start learning what the ETs know, which is Y. And how big that is is how much they're willing to share. Okay? So, again, I'm getting out there a little bit, but it's it, again, it, it is absolutely reasonable to assume that extraterrestrials bold enough to put crop circles down every year in the UK, year after year after year after year, and they're really lovely, I really like them, and continue to engage us as much as they have, including continuing to take animal blood and parts because they need them, like we do, right? Turn off our nuclear weapons and all the other stuff they're doing, and then after we finally acknowledge them, they're here, they're just going to head out, meaning uh, our job is done here, our work is done here, bye, goodbye, no. Or that they're going to continue... In other words, if disclosure happens and now everybody in the world knows they're here, it's going to be a little more difficult for them to just fly around and do their thing. I mean, really, it's a whole different ballgame, and they know that. So whatever their game plan is, whatever their intentions are, it has to change after disclosure. And the logical change is open contact. Not in 20 or 30 years. It's pretty quick. I mean, I think two years. I like that two-year figure. It could be a year. It could be four months. Who the hell knows? So now we're in open contact. And naturally, there's going to be a very powerful desire to know some things. What can you tell us? How can you help us if you have any interest in helping us? And so forth. And some people will say, well, no way they're going to help us and there's no way they're going to do anything for us and i'm thinking wait a minute aside from all the wars and destruction and hell that we've wrecked on this planet and god knows we've done it and all the slaughter and the genocide and everything else there are plenty of examples where one group nation civilization is dealing with another group who are not particularly well developed and they help them out you know they help them out we rebuilt Europe after the World War II. We could have just told them to go to hell. Ah, you guys started this crap. Screw you, Germany. Screw you, Japan. We rebuilt them to become major, successful, viable nations. We, we've provided all kinds of technology to less developed nations, as well as exploiting them too. But we've also done that. It's nothing unusual about a more developed entity, a nation, helping a less developed nation by providing them technology as opposed to just saying, look, guys, you know, work on it, build some schools, universities, 
teach your people how to do this stuff and you know whatever and, and until then well you know life will be tough no we go in we'll help you so we do it why on earth wouldn't they why on earth why well, on galaxy different different brain structures different ways of thinking you know it's, it's going to be alien they're going to have an alien mindset well yeah but guess what contactees have reported that that's what they want to do there's plenty <laughs> of things they have done that point to that's what they want to do it's not i just didn't pull this out of my you know what right the aerial school westfall there in fact there's a new documentary mm -hmm. out called uh, abduction the answers by a gentleman by name john yost which is not bad. oh yeah i, I interviewed him i've seen yeah. it and i and i want to promote i'm going to start promoting it here shortly which he does something that no one ever done he does a compilation of all of the school landings that have happened that I never heard of, where you're, you know, the playground of kids and the thing comes down and then you're giving them these messages. Like they're letting them know, kind of just, you know, I, again, how useful is that? I don't know. The point is, is that ET's landing a craft, getting out and then putting messages in the heads of kids. Look, you're going to destroy your planet if you don't get it together and things like that. I mean, it's not. It's, it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? And so now we disclose their presence, that we're in open contact with them, and they're in a position to go ahead and tell everybody in the open, right? You know, I'm sure by then there will be the extraterrestrial network, and there will be a full network devoted to nothing but shows about extraterrestrial stuff and everything else. And it'll be global. It'll be every country, right? It'll be the biggest network. And they'll just, you know, they'll be putting out announcements on the extraterrestrial network about here's what you guys need to do all right here's what you 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 need to consider and all of that well there'll, there'll be a whole cottage industry of distilling the voluminous amounts of maybe millions of years worth of collected knowledge that they may share with us well okay i mean that maybe millions <laughs> of years of collected knowledge is a fairly substantial uh, curricula let's just say that i would expect that they're going to want to tell us initially or provide to us most important things we need to know. The full history of the universe and the galaxy, maybe not, but right. you know, what, what do we need to know? Well, we certainly need to know some answers to the energy issue. You know that. We need to know some answers to the AI issue, which is now real. How, how are we going to deal with it? How did they deal with it? Right. And we would certainly enjoy having some answers to the genetic component of all disease, meaning that there is a, at the level of genes and proteins and so forth is where the answers are to almost all the diseases we deal with. And when you're able to operate technologically at that level, you can pretty much deal with them all, right? Including the, the, the ones that we certainly uh, suffer from the most, and that's cancer. And so... Do I think that they have the understanding, the technology in that area to, if we were provided to us and we could take advantage of it, we could probably reduce cancer deaths and everything else by a huge margin, extend lifespans, human people? Yeah, I do. Would that be a nice gift? It would be. If we did not take measures to control our population, start managing it and start getting it down, not up, then like oh, we're already these things would be a bad thing. Okay, we're about to experience the opposite crisis there. Well, population nuclear war defined. solves the population problem. Unfortunately, it's just not. not but even, even now, China's population 
has started declining since February because they're not people aren't having enough children. There's lower male sperm counts, things like that. One million. It dropped one million. And guess what? They are ramping up a policy in order to expand the birth rate. Are you aware of that? No. Russia is ramping up a policy to expand its birth weight. India is now bragging about the fact that they just passed China as the most populous nation in the planet. Trust me, we do not have the population issue under control. We're headed towards mm-hmm. hell in a handbasket there. What we need is really, really good, totally safe birth control technology. Okay. What we've got is not all that impressive, even though it's a hell of a lot better than it had 100 years ago. But even right. when you look at what we have now, it's really crude. I'm betting, just like when it comes to interstellar travel and energy and everything else, there's tech out there or tech that we will eventually devise sooner than later that is really, really good. And so we can be in a position where, assuming nations can be led to understand that if you think having the biggest population in the world is what's going to make your security work and make your, your country viable, you're an idiot, okay? It is, in fact, just the opposite. And so everybody needs to cooperate to start bringing the population down, and that means lowering the birth rates. And if you've got absolutely safe technology to do that, it's highly effective, and you can get an agreement about how it's going to go, then we could solve the problem in one generation. Boom, okay? Could they have that? Yeah. So... Life extension, you end up with a with one generation or two most, you end up with a world in which you have less people living longer with less disease. Is that good enough? I mean, is if you know, if, if somebody says to me, that's not good enough, I'm going, Really? That's not good enough for you? Well, that's not good enough for you. Move to Mars or whatever the hell, just go away. All right. The point is that 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 might be another part of it, right? You can lower the population on this planet by seeding other worlds. No, you can't, because the cost of seeding other worlds is astronomical. And all those sci-fi movies where they go on these other planets, doesn't you can't do it. You want to know why? Germs. Another biosphere Germs. would be everything on that planet would be lethal. Yeah. <laughs> everything yeah. would be lethal. You would have to literally live in a spacesuit unless you could genetically modify the human to adapt to that unique biosphere. But you know, I'm thinking the animals that are already on that biosphere don't need us there, okay? They're perfectly happy. And so all this business about that, that's Elon Musk's fantasy world, ridiculous, okay? Set up a little facility on the Mars, couple things on the moon, I get it, all right? But those don't have biospheres, so technically it's a safe play, all right? Though Mars, once you get down into maybe the deep water areas, there could be some stuff down there you don't want to have any contact with. But when you're talking about other, forget it. So, look, in a short amount of time, in a post-open contact era, which includes the pre-contact era, the post-disclosure era, before contact, we could have the technology to drop the cost of energy and the impact of pollution down to just nothing. It's incredibly good. And then with open contact, we get technology that expands life, reduces disease, and gives the the birth control technology to manage our population. You're not that far from paradise on earth Mm -hmm. about it. Everybody has the resources they need, the shelter, the clothing, 
good lives, all of this technologically there. And it could just be a few years away. We just need to end this freaking truth embargo, which is going to end. I mean, it's going to end. I mean, but, you know, let, let's say that, that there was no activist movement. There was no podcast. There was no UFO Twitter. There was no ATIP, whatever. There was no. And, and, and so we dragged out another 10 years. Okay. You know how many people are going to suffer and die in those 10 years because they don't have a, a, a proper life to live here. So. Well, even just the planet, like the planet. I mean, and the planet's it, taking heavy hits, yeah. How big yeah. is the garden? I mean, do we have to get to the point where you can walk from California to China across the Pacific on the garbage patch, you know, just walk <laughs> the garbage patch the whole way, you know, just stepping from one giant thing of plastic to another? So we could be that close. And if people say this is nothing but utopian nonsense, right? Are you kidding me? The human race has been a disaster from the beginning. It's awful. It's terrible. It does all this stuff. It can't change. And nothing can get better. This is all utopia. And I'm going, you know, in open contact, one of the questions that will be asked of the extraterrestrials is, how are things going on your planet? How do you manage it? What's your structure? What's it like there? What is the life like for your species there and what was it like in the early days and did you have kind of the problems we had and at what point did you finally figure out no you don't have to live that way anymore right i mean when did you go to rehab and get it together all right i mean these are some interesting questions yeah xeno history right you're going to have a like again a whole new paths of knowledge okay so quickly on the religion is open contact going to lead to oh my god Oh, my God. Are they gods? No, that's not going to happen. The big question is, were they gods? Okay. In other words, is a lot of the God component of religious thinking, right? Which is, doesn't have to have a God. You can be religious and not have a God. Is the God component, how much of it in ancient times is, in fact, extraterrestrial? meaning it wasn't a God, including Jesus. Is it possible that Jesus, in fact, was an extraterrestrial, which is how he was able to do what he did, which maybe really happened, as described, do what he did, stand up in the sky and everything else. But even if you leave Jesus out of it, how much is it God? The answer could be a lot. Oh, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. They could say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, God, E.T., that one, E.T., that one, E.T., 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 but you know something? We already suspect it. It's already out there. This is where ancient aliens' legacy is assured. And Kevin uh, Burns, you know, the late Kevin Burns, brilliant guy. I just wish he could have lived longer, but he didn't. Ancient aliens is beyond anything else. Nothing even remotely comes close to the role that ancient aliens has played in preparing us for that information worldwide ancient aliens have seen all of the world okay it's pretty popular and it, it's going to be out there it's, it's going to be a show that's just going to continue to be shown and available for a long time it's already put it out there it is not going to be that big of a shock to learn that oh you mean the god of this religion was an et or that or a lot of these gods of course are ancient gods they were what they saw as god now 
but just in general, that a great deal of the religious lore and history is actually hooked to extraterrestrials and not to a, quote, God that a particular region sees as God. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be, okay, fine, cool, all right? Now, the next question is, to the ETs, do you know if, is there a God, Mr. E.T., right? Is there something above, which is what that is, is there something beyond or above sentient entities that is got even more powerful, more profound, almost in like a God. In other words, something so profound that even you, Mr. E.T., would look up and go, oh boy, I, that's got to be God. At minimum, the answer is we don't know. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the ETs, can, they can't answer that question. Even, even how did the interviews begin? They may not be able to answer that question either. That's a hell of a question, right? So they don't know that. But just for the hell of it, I like to mention this because I think it's cool. I'm someone that is absolutely knows that there's contactees, that there are people having direct contact with extraterrestrials. And I don't mean they're sitting down at the treaty table and working out negotiations. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly. You know, but this is true. There's, there's been a lot of it. The number probably will be shocking. But I think there's know. a lot of people who have been contacted and they don't even remember it or know it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, remembered, not remembered, mm -hmm. hidden, closeted, doesn't matter. That amount is a, a shocking number. And there have been numerous occasions where the person was in their control, wherever, typically on a ship like this, maybe at a facility. And they had some, they weren't, they just weren't out, you know, they just weren't frozen. And they, they were, and then this is true, they can walk around them. And they get a chance to ask a question and they could have asked anything. Who's going to win the Kentucky Derby in two weeks? Because I'd like to bet on that horse. And the ETs are going to say, we have no idea. What do you think? We're from the future? <laughs> I mean, but not surprisingly, they ask the question, do you believe in God, Mr. E.T.? Do you think there's a God, Mr. E.T.? Ask what the streamer. He and his wife got hundreds of thousands of recounts sent to them. He's got them. I don't think he's read them all. I think his wife did. And God bless him. You know what the answer always is? Yes. How about that? Now, there's a lot of possibility there. One, they really think there's a God, whatever they think that God is. Okay. Or they believe in a God, right? which is kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or three, they're just saying that to make their, their contact to you, they've substantially inconvenienced already, feel better. We're doing this table work, you know, we, you know, it's like not comfortable. You're not happy, right? We've done this before. Now, why do we want to blow your faith? I mean, add insult to injury. So telling you that there's no God so that your faith is shattered, you know, this is cruel. And so they're just humoring, maybe. You can't ignore it. So th the truth is, is that this planet, 
which is filled with, I forget how many thousand religions there are. It's, it's a big number. I should Google it, but it's a big number. It is a big friggin' number. Just like there's thousands of languages. Mm-hmm. It's a little messy. So many different belief systems, so many different languages, it makes it hard to communicate. Very confusing. It's possible that in a post-open contact era, there would be a consolidation of cosmic worldview where you have a much more universal sense of what is, okay? So instead of having a bunch of people with 4,000 different gods up there, they have more of a sense of there is some kind of an organizing intelligence force because the universe does seem to be intelligent. And there's more commonality. Because over the the millennia, there's been a whole lot of bloodshed between people who think God is this and people who think God is that. And since we don't agree, we must kill each other and so forth. So I could almost see that improving on the religious status of this planet right now, which is not healthy. Okay? It's not healthy. I mean... You know, some people think that believing in a God is a good thing because it's higher power and, and it provides uh, you some sustenance and, and everything. And, and in some cases, it gives you hope for afterlife, whatever the hell. Good thing. But when you've got two groups believing in God that are threatening to slaughter each other and are slaughtering each other, how good is that? And so we need yeah. to develop a little more of a, a more universal understanding of the universe which could include this idea of higher power, but not 800 versions of it to fight over. That is one of many doors that may open in a post-open context. When we're going to be able to ask the ETs, what is your sense of this idea of higher power? Which brings us to the other question you brought up. AI. Now, this is one that increasingly worries me. Not maybe for the reason you think, but, but no, actually for several reasons, but maybe one more reason that you worry about. In one level, it's just like a lot of other things. We're ahead of our skis on genetic research. So we're in a position where we can really screw things up genetically with our genetic work. Okay. Okay. We're way ahead of ourselves in terms of disease engineering. We can create diseases now. Yeah, CRISPR. And we can create diseases that target specific genotypes. So there's a genetic component there. But in general, in genetics and in disease and stuff like that, we're going to screw up and do something really terrible. All right. So that's one thing. And we we may have already done that in 2020. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've done. We can do worse. Okay, I trust you. The the kind of thing that could come out from one of these labs could make COVID look like a walk in the park. You know, it was nothing. It was nothing. It was a little COVID thing. But then we get hit with something and we're all just literally lying on the ground, staring at the ceiling, wanting to die. Look, and then you've got AI. Well, we're ahead of our skis there without question. All right. If there weren't 8 billion people on this planet, if there was like maybe 800 million total, whole planet. Enough resources that everybody had their needs covered, right? You didn't have to work three jobs to be able to pay the friggin' rent. Or, and you didn't have millions of people living in tents on the sidewalk around the world and stuff. Then artificial intelligence would be a way to 
engage the world in a very advanced way and do some interesting things, it would be kind of fun. Artificial intelligence brought into this world now at the level we're thinking is going to create absolute disasters. Yeah. Because when people lose the job, the house, they don't have the clothes, they don't have the water in this many, you get a problem. When it gets to be this many, you get global chaos, disruption, terrorism that make ISIS look like the Boy Scouts. It's going to be a disaster, as many fine futurists who read more than I do and know more than look, I do. Look, this country has direct experience with that. If you talk to any vet who served in Iraq, for example, one of their key metrics was to reduce the unemployment rate from 90% to 70%. So they weren't paying people to put IEDs on the sides of the road. Of course. And, you know, idle hands are evil hands, right? <laughs> like, and it can get so much worse because Iraq was suffering from wars of choice, right? Not wars of need, but wars of choice. Cho chose to do it, right? Aggression and everything else. Fundamental resources. Then no matter what, you can't get the food, you can't get the water. We just dodged a drought situation in the United States that had been gone for another five, six, seven years, let me tell you. California, there right? Some serious stuff going on in America because the one nation in the world you don't want to see have real resource problems is a nation with nearly 500 million guns and civilian hands. You don't want that. Okay. Let me put it this way it'll be a lot more exciting than The Walking Dead showed it. Okay, it'll be a lot more intense than that, all right? They gave you a sense of it, magnify that, at that. you know, that cannot happen. We've got to have resources. So AI- Especially with, especially with 20 million veterans too. Just in general, I don't get too granular yeah. here, but AI poses this problem because the world it's finally coming into is a world that wasn't planning for AI. So that's one problem. The other thing that troubles me in a different way And I hope this isn't the case, right? It's this theory that Einsteinian relativity, special relativity, in fact, will hold, meaning there isn't a workaround to it. And what we are experiencing, what we are dealing with, are not beings like us they're not living beings evolved living beings like we are they are engineered entities you call them bio robots whatever but they're engineered and they are basically ai in a sense they are a combination of ai and engineering and they travel the galaxy and, and maybe it takes 20,000 years to get from here to there, but it doesn't matter because they don't die, right? It's just AI. And so they move around and they interact and do whatever the hell. And maybe there's some benefit to a home planet somewhere. Depends upon communication capabilities and so forth. But there's AI component. And that's been brought up with the grays many times that they're biorobots, biorobots. But we know that they die. We, we know that they kind of die. And this is why I'm not that worried about it. We know in the case of the Roswell entities, they died. And the reason we know that they died is because they stunk the high heaven. Robots don't stink. 
when you deactivate them, right? You know, like an iRobot, when you kill off one of those robots in iRobot, they don't stink. They're just a bunch of machines. It's like a car. It breaks down, but it doesn't then start stinking to high heaven. Well, well it's one silicon, one's heart, one's carbon, right? Yeah, they died and they, they stunk to high heaven. And so I'm thinking, okay, so that helps me get past that. Are ETs using AI? Almost certainly. All right. And that's interesting. All right. Is there a merger between living beings and machines in their world? Very possibly. Very likely. All right. So the AI thing is going to come out in a post-disclosure, post-open contact. And that one of the reasons it needs to happen soon is that that should be an absolute, and this is not one of those top five hard questions. I mean, these are, in other words, the top five questions that the government just absolutely is terrified to have to answer, but they're going to have to answer. No, this is a, a great question. How to deal with AI? How should we deal with it? How did you deal with it? How do we integrate it into a, a living, evolved civilization or living evolved species and not through half the population over, right? Not create chaos, death, destruction, right? And they may have the answer to that. The working hypothesis that I am operating under and have been from the beginning that makes me feel really good about devoting the last decades of my life to this. Not that I didn't have a lot of wonderful options. I didn't really. It wasn't like I gave up some incredible life. No, 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 no. People with incredible lives don't give that up to get involved in this issue, at least in the past. That's maybe changing. You just don't do it. It may change. I think I'm going to get in and become a UFO researcher. Steve, if if what you said happens, the pace you talked about, those of us who are involved in this, our lives are going to change dramatically for the better. No, it'll be cool. No, it'll be cool. My only regret is that I am delving into life extension stuff. I'm curious what's going on in Silicon Valley. What the hell? But I'm going to have a fairly short post-disclosure life. But what makes it feel good about it is this. That looked at from one perspective, the human race has had an interesting history. The Homo sapiens sapien version of sentience on our planet is about 250,000 in. That's not a long time. Technological advanced area is around 12,000 years. Because there was technology 12,000 years ago, fairly slow. There might have been some interesting stuff prior to this cataclysm. That's another thing I want to ask, Mr. E.T. Yeah. How many civilizations have there been? I'm dying to know. Graham Hancock, I'm sure, wants to know, too, the specific, because that must have been really cool, right? Something happened. So there might have been some civilization and tech prior to that. But overall, I don't think it wasn't like giant gleaming cities or anything. But the last 12,000 years have been interesting. In that 12,000 years, we've gone through some interesting changes and phases and done some extraordinary things. We've done awful things. We've been extremely destructive and constructive, both. We like to build incredible things and then blow them up and then build them again and blow them up and build them again, but whatever. And and our planet has become global, communications global, the stress on the planet global. We've reached a whole bunch of certain, I guess you could say, critical points, right? That ancient civilizations couldn't even dream of. Okay. And all of these things we're facing now have an insurmountable aspect to them, meaning you can't fix that. The garbage patch in the Pacific, you know, there's a kid that 
came up with an idea. I mean, he's not the only one, but he got a lot of credit and right. got some attention. You drag this thing behind you and you collect the stuff and then you take it back. And I'm going, yeah, but the garbage patch in the Pacific is growing at an alarming rate. And I can assure you it's going to take, I don't know if it's even solvable at this point. It's going to take a massive change in society. So, and that's just one of a thousand things we can't solve, right? We've reached this point. We got all these unsolvable things. And yet here we are. We're still, you know, rocking and rolling. This is exactly the time extraterrestrial civilizations who understand all this, been through that, been there, done that, whatever, would step in to say, okay, you're not the ancient Egyptians who really had nothing much to offer us other than whatever. <laughs> you could join our fraternity. If you want to pledge to our fraternity, we will accept you. And we can be helpful to deal with all of the stuff so that this planet becomes nice. Okay, better. We can help you have a better Earth. This is exactly when they would want to come in, right? Maybe they gave some help to the Egyptians to move those giant 50-ton blocks. Big deal. If you end up with a giant pyramid, who cares? This is different. We were at all these critical points, and they're in a position to step in and help us there. But it's not like they're just going to show up, take over, and run it. No. It's not like they can just suddenly... There needs to be a kind of process, and there's also other things they're doing that maybe they need to get kind of done with before we go to that next level. Because if we go to that next level, some of the things that are going on now are not going to. They probably it's going to be very hard to go on with those. I mean, this the individual contact experience of contactees is going to be a lot different, maybe impossible in a way, certainly awkward in a post disclosure and certainly post open contact. So right. we got, this is the point, and so I have this 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 feeling that. Disclosure was the absolute requirement that had to be done in a certain way before open contact could take place. And once open contact takes place, all of the things that we're talking about now and so much more are suddenly going to become viable endeavors, but not alone. We're going to have help somehow. They, in a way become the deus ex machina mm. to the human play. All the world's a stage, and all of us play a part. And so if this is a stage, like in all the medieval plays, which is where this term comes from, though it's not simply exclusive to medieval Europe, and does turn up in art plays and movies today. It still turns up, but way more sophisticated. But in the medieval times, it was less sophisticated. There'd be this story that was entertaining to the poor masses and the serfs and everybody that, you know, entertain them. This is what enter, you know, entertainment is still today. And there'd be some god-awful complex thing that would go on. You kept your interest. And the way they resolved it all, because play can't go on forever, they, they have a play, it creates this problem. And suddenly this wooden thing would up on stage, <laughs> and, and it was portraying God. It was to represent God in some way. And this thing, this God, solved all the problems. It kind of reconciled everything, right? Fixed it all. And it came to be known as the God in the machine. Deus ex machina. Okay? Well, in a way, post-open contact, the gods become our deus ex machina, ironically, that we call the God in the machine. 
we could just call them ETs with great tech to help clear things up, solve the dilemmas and resolve the play that we're in at this particular stage, right? And there is no other dilemma more in need of a deus ex machina right now on this planet than the problem of the fact that we have a new nuclear arms race underway and more than enough weapons to destroy civilization and make the place practically uninhabited. And the risk of that happening is now greater than it was even during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Now that's a dilemma. And I'm not hearing anybody on the stage or in the, on CNN or on the political hustings that have come up with a really good plan to, to solve that problem. Nothing. They don't even want to bother with it anymore. It's like, if it happens, it happens. It's like a meteor. Hey, you know, what would you do, uh, candidate so-and-so, if a 50-mile-wide meteor was coming? Well, nothing, actually. Not a damn thing I could do about <laughs> it. It would be the end of the planet, right? Okay, well, that's a meteor. That's, quote, the act mm. of God. That's not the same question as, sir, what would you do about the fact that we're at risk at any time of having a nuclear war? The answer should be I, this, 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 and this. But they answer exactly as if you're talking about a 50-mile, you know, what can we do about it? I can do about it. I'm just a senator. I'm just a president. I'm a scientist. We can be doing nothing to do it. Hey, it happens. It happens. Really? After all that we've gone through, it comes down to that. If it happens, it happens. So that anytime some crazy idiot like Vladimir Putin starts saying, I'm going to use a tactical nuke, or if, if NATO crosses a border, I'm using nukes. It's like, well, you know, boys will be boys. Is that what it's come down to? After all the great books and all the learning and all the education and all the advancement of civilization, it comes down to that. Jesus Christ. I'm thinking you said it earlier. The, the Peter Principle run amok. That's essentially what we're seeing it's, right now. We, you know, we've reached the point in the play where the deus next machina has got to come in and kind of fix you, right? And people have, have been thinking this way forever because life has always been hard and brutal for a significant portion of the population. You know, the rich living at the cap, you know, the, the court to the king and whatever, they've got plenty and this and that. And the wealthy have got plenty and they're doing well. But there's always a huge segment of the population that barely gets by, okay? which is not unusual. That's kind of the way it is in the animal. Well, actually, animal kingdom is not as bad as we are. By ways, the animal kingdom, most of the species are doing either really well or they go through a transition, whereas we we continue to thrive while huge portions suffer. You know? So we've been living this way for a very long time. And suffering is well, well known to us. No animal can suffer like humans can suffer. We have found so many ways to make life miserable in hell. So many things we can do. And so throughout all of human history, people look up to that God in the machine. Help me. Save us. Come down. Fix this. Messiahs. Lots of them. Jesus was not the only Messiah. There were a lot of them. A lot of they just didn't get as good a press as he did. And that's totally natural. Okay. And we go even further. You know, not only I want you to fix this, but tell me that there's life after death. I'm going to live on forever. I mean, this is what people who are in pain and suffering do. 
No, I think that's a whole other that when I was talking about going down the dark path of AI and ignoring human potential, I think there's a whole other realm of reality that we're not even we haven't even scratched the surface of always oh absolutely but so what elon musk is talking about that you know uploading people in the machines and this this is a version of life after death okay and uh, this idea that like oh man i'm going to upload my consciousness to a machine and i'll be able to live on please it's like we're going to build thriving communities on mars and with disneyland's and stuff i mean Nobody's going to want your freaking consciousness uploaded. They may upload the conscious minds of a few individuals that have got enough in their brain worth uploading. But the idea that going to be massive servers plotted around where people are kind of cruising around and, I don't know, metaverses upgraded. Who needs that? No way. It's, it's an unbelievable hubris. But, hey, again, anything after death, all of this is, is normal. It's understandable, okay? Except that by and large, history has shown that all of these gods that people have hoped will come down and make life better, the instances in which anything like that has happened is really thin. Jesus is so well appreciated because whatever happened there, whatever got started there, did have significant beneficial effects on the lives of people. Mm-hmm. It helped them deal with the world, with themselves, with suffering. It provided benefits. It provided good things. There were some good things that came down from that particular, help me, God sent somebody down. Didn't completely solve the problems, which is why there's a lot of people waiting for the second version. Okay. All right. <laughs> but overall, no. No, the ETs are real. There's no doubt about that. There's no argument about, you can argue all day long about is it a God, not a God, go on and on and forever. It's almost unresolvable, at least for now. ETs, that's established. They're here. They are here. They are from up there. And so the idea that they would end up being a kind of God in the machine makes sense. Not to make every person's life perfect. No, no, not that. Not to solve every, no, 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 no. But to solve the fundamental dilemmas of a sentient situation living in a biosphere beyond its means, whereas the suffering is totally beyond, it's excessive. It's way beyond what you would want. And the damage to the planet, which is, again, precious. I mean, a biosphere is an unbelievably precious thing is simply gone too far. They can work on that. They can actually help with that. And a lot of good, wonderful things could come from that if they so choose to do that. And we are wise enough to accept the assistance. And I'm certainly going to be supporting that idea. All right. And when I'm challenged on this, and it's easily challengeable. I mean, this is out there thinking that people can just go, are you, you're an idiot, you're a fool, you're a Pollyanna, you're an optimist. You're- yeah, it's going to go back into the fear narrative. Why yeah. should you trust these people? They're, you know. But I have one answer to that person that says that all of this is absolute nonsense, what I just told you. I asked that person a simple question. Why did they turn off our nuclear weapon? Simple question. Why did they do it? 
Do you know what? And, and they say, I don't know. Well, when you can answer that question, and maybe you'll have a better understanding of why my thinking has gone there, right? Who does that? And why? There was a reason. If they had done it, one, it could have been, you know, they were out for a little fun. They got too close to the damn nuclear facility and then missiles turned off and they didn't mean it. Like they accidentally, you know, almost killed Travis Walton. Uh, apparently they, they turned them on in Russia. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the other question. They turned them on a couple, but fortunately only a couple times. No, here too. There was one incident here, I believe. I, I, I think. Oh, really? Okay. said that. Yeah, why would they turn them on, turn them off? Now, that's a different question, but it's, it's valuable. Turning them off is the key one. I think the turn them on a couple of times was their answer to, we turned them off like several times now, and you still are just completely building these goddamn things. So, okay, how about this, right? You know, just took it up a notch, right, to try to reinforce the message. But the message was not the turn on, the message was the turn off. All right. So that to me is the ultimate thing to resolve. Why did they turn on the nuclear missiles? I had my answer. Why they turn them off. That's just only the beginning. Right. They didn't go to all this trouble and come all this way and hang with this all these years just to send us little hints like, you know, you should go into rehab. You know, we're like, you should become a vegan. Like, you know, you need to work out more. Yeah. Get, get, no. No, no, there's got to be more to it than that. Turning off the nukes, getting rid of the nukes is the first thing that we have to do. Mm -hmm. And it will be number one on the agenda. Why? What? You're going to say, no, let's don't deal with the nuke issue. Let's deal with the water issue. How can we get more water resources? How can we deal with the global warming thing? How can we improve the energy situation? And then what? We work on that for five years and then nuclear war comes out and it all goes, that's how we normally do this stuff. Let's do this and this and we make things better. And then we have a nuclear war and blow it all up and start all over again. So no, first you deal with the, you don't want to blow everything up issue. Number one, okay. They're not really sending that kind of an explicit message about, I don't know, our crop management or our use of Roundup or whatever the hell. You're not that... Defined. The nuclear thing is absolutely defined. It's so clear. And the message is simply this. Whatever your plans are, first you got to do with the nukes. And then the question is, and this is, we'll end on this. Again, this is me having fun. If I was a different kind of guy, I would have already put this into several books and I'd be a bestseller. No, I, I can't write. I just don't have the patience. Okay. Why should we do that? E.T., screw you. Nobody tells us what we do in our backyard. Like that absolute evil, crazed guy who was out shooting his gun in his yard. And his, and his, and his neighbors, a couple of days ago, neighbors said, you're, you know, you're waking up the baby. Could you please not do that? And he basically, yeah, they come five of them. what I do in my yard, he goes over and kills them all. So is that what we're going to say to E.T.'s? You don't tell us about whether we have nukes or not. That's us. You get out of our friggin' affair. We could do that. Screw you, go away. But the ETs have a have a pretty powerful play there, which might unfold in post-open contact. You guys want to go into space? We fly around the galaxy. You want to do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. We want to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be great. We want to do that. We're getting close, you know. Our physics is starting to show how we can probably do this, right? 
wormholes, which is a very simplistic way of describing a possible option. I don't think that's what. But when we, we, we went to, they said, "Well, you're not going to. We're not. What do you mean you can't go to the galaxy? By God, it's our galaxy. We'll fly. No, it's not. It's not your job. And you're not going to fly around in it until you get rid of the news. Why, why? Why do we have to get rid of the news? Because we just didn't fall off the base truck last week. <laughs> We know that if you develop interstellar craft, you're going to fly off in that and you're going to put nukes on the damn thing because that's just how you roll. Mm -hmm. And we cannot have idiots flying around in interstellar craft, turning up God knows where with nuclear weapons. So you're not going to leave your solar system. You build them, we'll blow them up. You build them, we'll blow them up. You're never leaving this planet with interstellar craft. So you're not coming out with them. Oh, rats. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then... They may say, look, there's other ways we can help you. And getting back to my ma major premise, there's other ways that we can be very helpful to you. You have a lot of problems. We can help. First, you got to get rid of the nukes. If you want to be involved with us, you get rid of the nukes. Why should we invest our time helping a civilization that seems to be really, really, really intent on blowing the hell out of itself? out of just well you just haven't evolved enough yet okay and, and if they're smart which they are they'll offer it to different countries so the country to get rid of their nukes faster will get technological development faster get a contest yeah, yeah. And, okay i like your being creative I, I see them as dealing with a global society the trouble is everybody's going to get rid of them okay it's not like one country's going to say okay look you all get rid of your nukes because that's what the ETs want. We're going to keep ours, but we promise never to use them. No, that's not going to happen. So in other words, you want to engage with us. You want to pledge our fraternity, right? You want to sit at our table at the lunchroom. You get rid of the nukes, okay? You don't. We're not going to help you. You want to blow the hell out of yourself ultimately? Fine. There's a whole lot of planets out there. A lot to do. Hey, blow yourselves up. Maybe in two, 3,000 years, we'll come back, see how you're doing. Something like that. Now, that's some motivation, isn't it? All mm -hmm. right. That's some motivation. You see the populations now, all of a sudden, of all these countries looking up at their leader, you know, Vlad and Xi and Biden and Macron and King Charles and saying, guys, get rid of the nukes. Okay. Because we see some really cool things here. Get rid of the nukes. And if you don't, we're going to all come to your home, you know, in the Kremlin, in the White House, whatever, Penn Downing. 20 or 40 million of us are going to come there and we're going to sort of convince you that you need to do this. I keep looking at you instead of the camera. I'm sorry. In other words, a lot of the people in the world are going to say, yeah, that's what we want. And they're going to be real emphatic about it. You see how that can evolve? Mm -hmm. And so if you're a, you're a nukes, uber all kind of person, they're just going to drag you away, stick in a cell somewhere, and they're going to put people in power. They're going to do this. So this is how it could unfold. That's a pretty interesting future. That's a pretty amazing time that is there possibly for us. And I'm open to anybody saying, look, Steve, I, I want to sit down with you on a stage and convince you why everything you just said is complete not a chance, couldn't happen, isn't there, I won't debate 
ETs with people, it's a waste of time. I might as well be debating whether it's a moon or a sun. Screw that. Don't have the time for it. But if you want to debate the aspects of it, sure. And I'd be happy to hear their story. I haven't heard any kind of projections that make me feel otherwise about it. Everything that's happening simply keeps supporting my thinking on this. So that kind of world could be just up the road. And what's standing between us and that world? The yeah. truth embargo. We can't get there until the truth embargo ends. As long as that embargo is in place, we, we have to sit here and wait for the government to decide whether you have a need to know or should know or whatever the hell, I don't know. And meanwhile, the nuclear thing gets worse and worse. And so that truth embargo has been blocking this for 76 years. Assuming you use Roswell as kind of the beginning when they squelched the report called that the informal beginning of the truth embargo. So the first 44 years, I give them. No, no, not 91. 91 is when the Cold War ended, but the, the next president didn't come in until 93. So I'll give them the 93. So 46 years. I get it. I understand. I appreciate it. Cold War was over in 93. All right. The Communist Party was outlawed by 93. Soviet Union was now the new Russian Republic, right? 14 republics were set free. And Russia was going capitalist. They were building McDonald's. Cold War's over. We won, right? China, China was still, it wasn't quite the same with China, but China was a much different history as a communist nation than the Soviet Union without question. But there was still, I think, reasonable possibilities to work something out with China, but that wasn't going to happen if we started another Cold War and another nuclear arms race with the new Russia. But again, I'm just speculating. The point is that since 93, which is now 30 years, that is hard to forgive. Right? The Cold War ends. It's time to get rid of the nukes and start structuring a world that works for everybody and the you know, proxy wars and all this stuff are not just happening like the baseball season, right? Yeah, it's come around, it's April, it's time for baseball season. Who do we invade this season, right? And of course, the great thing about the modern wars is you can watch them more. I mean, the old wars, like they were happening somewhere and then the survivors came back and you buried people. Now you get to watch the whole war. It's like a streaming series on Netflix. You know, the war in the Ukraine, you know, we're getting to watch it pretty well, right? And so now it's more like entertainment than it is resolving, you know, diplomacy by other means. Mm -hmm. This, <laughs> all I can say is, is that I, the, the truth embargo lasting from 93 to 2013. Yeah, no excuse. Right. 23, rather. That is hard to forgive. That's friggin' madness. That is simply taking the whole secrecy thing, the whole massive male testosterone thing, the whole war thing just obscenely too far and so it's got to end it has to end and the end is completely insane. agree completely so that, agree. that's why i do what i do <laughs> so with that yeah, thank you very idea. much steve yeah yeah i think that's perfect right. so people can send thank me you. emails to buy i'm a raving lunatic it's all right i don't mind no i thought it was a fascinating discussion so thank you hey, again. Sean. great guy I love your background, guys. Simplistic, just it's subtle, it's basic. It's not. It, I like it. It's good. Right, I, oh, I, it'll I change. It'll change with the edit. It'll change oh, with the edit. Yes.
Yeah, that's why it's green. That's why it's green, brother. I see what you're doing. I'm doing. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you let it be known. I'm a green screen guy. I'm not ashamed of it. We do the interview, and then you add it afterwards, okay? And that that's way, right. there's nothing back there to distract me from your continents, from you, right? I just focus on you. I'm not being distracted by some fancy stuff in the background. Very, very wise. Very good move. That's right. All right. All right. Okay, guy. Good luck. And uh, anytime you need me on, you let me know. I'm, I'm happy to come back and chat. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Right. Bye. If you enjoyed this video, please click on like, subscribe, and the notification button so that you're alerted anytime I post something new. And Sean, before I leave, I want your viewers to know that a major conference is coming up contact in the desert it's been around for a number of years right and it had to step back some during the pandemic as everything did but now it's back and it's going to once again be at indian wells resort in the renaissance there southeast of palm springs at this point i think we're looking at maybe 2,000 people are going to attend 60 speakers i will have a lecture i have a workshop and it'd be i'm seeing the awards banquet things like that but it's a really good time to get together and get really excited and share these extraordinary things that are happening in Washington. And it's very possible, to be honest with you, there's a possibility there will be a, a hearing by the time that the uh, contact in the desert takes place on June two to four. So if that happens, well, the energy level will be even well. Anyway, so I hope uh, as many of you as possible can get to Indian Wells and, and join us for contact in the desert, June two to four. Thanks, appreciate it.